Hey gang, that's Holly. And that's Brooke. And this is the Macabre Cast. Episode 13. And I'm Nikon. Oh, Nikon. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> to the episode 13, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. So. Just had to make sure on that one. <laughs> <laughs> We're back. Welcome. For some more content like look yeah some content. more of the macabre oh well yeah you're not wrong it's the macabre cast yes you get what you i was gonna say you get what you pay for but you don't pay for anything unfortunately we are not being paid you get nothing <laughs> <laughs> oh shit yeah, my they, cats are like wwe right now yeah they were one of them was fully on top of the other yeah, when i looked over you guys can't see it from here but they're both laying on the floor slapping each other right now <laughs> When we left Holly's, I was joking because Cricket waits by the door. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, you can come over and see your new friend, Fern, <laughs> and Winry. She'd be like, no. <laughs> yeah. And then Holly was like, yeah, maybe she'd do okay. I was like, I don't, I think you're overestimating Winry's social. She would probably be okay. She would just, just be angry. Like she would just go in the room and yeah. be by herself. Mm-hmm. She's kind of gotten used to meeting other cats. I got you. Because she's done it twice now. Anywho. No rock, paper, scissors this round. That's right. Because it is... It's been decided. The fates have been cast. Yeah. yeah. The fates were cast, and I was fated to be episode 13. The threads were cut. Well, that would mean that we died. Yeah. Well, someone died. The bog bodies died. They're well, very there, dumb. a lot of people died in this story, too. So. That's what I was no. going to say. I, bet, I, I don't know what your topic is at all. But I bet someone's dying. <laughs> yeah. I have a feeling. <laughs> I have a feeling. Um, we talked about this last, last week about um, how there's always death. Almost always. Well, it is called the macabre cast. With the exception of the one rare, very zany episode where we talk about cheese and frogs. Yes. I'm pretty sure that's the only I don't only think anyone episode. died in the blob one for me, but... But I, I don't remember what you I mean, did they that got, week. Like, I don't really either. sick though. Didn't. Yeah, but they didn't die. It's whatever. Lots of people are gonna die this round nice. for me. So you know, buckle up. Buckle up, Buttercup. Hey, you know. Buckle up, Blagojevic. Blagojevic. It's hard to say. So let's talk sources. It's, okay. Just get right into it. Well, are you gonna just say what you're doing again? Um, no, because I don't want to give it away. Okay. All right. Well, okay. I will be covering Peter Blagojevic, but I don't want to give too many details away before we get to the good stuff. So, anywho, so I'll be talking about Peter Blagojevic. Mm-hmm. Any, um, rela- any relation to Rod? What? Rod Blagojevic. I don't know who that is. Oh, um, he was the governor of Illinois, and he tried to sell Obama's Senate seat when he became no. president. Oh. Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Oh, I thought you were just saying no to no. me. Like, no, that didn't happen. And I was no. like... No, no. I just mean that I, as far as I'm aware, there isn't any connection, but this was also in the 18th century, so... Okay. So who knows? I don't know that person's history as far as, like... Yeah. Um, I had a feeling ancestry. it would be a lot further back, Yeah. and it's just the same last name, but... <laughs> Can you imagine if it was, like, his direct relative? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That would be so fucked up. I know. Oh, so I just wanted to say that the fun nickname for Rod Blagojevich was Scum Dog Billy and Hair because he had a, the worst toupee in the world. Yeah, it's also oh, not no. Vich, it's Vic. 
Vic? Yeah, it's Vic. It's like a CK or like a... Uh, just a C- V-I-C. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. But we'll talk about his name a little bit later because there's different pronunciations of it based I on what I just think it's languages. a fun to say last name. It is. It's hard when you look at it, though. <laughs> uh, but my sources this time, of course, bouncing off a little bit of wiki there. Mm-hmm. Um... There was a book called Vampires, Burial, and Death by Paul Barber. I really want to buy this book, but I only was able to rent it a little bit. Um, It's really, really good book. Oh, okay. It's a really good book. Nice. A couple of National Geographic articles, one by Oscar, I think it's your boiler. Okay. Um, it was called How Did 18th Century Vampire Hunters Identify the Undead? Also an article on National Geographic by Becky Little called The Bloody Truth About Vampires. Some articles from Monstrous.com from... Nice. I actually also read this blog post because it actually had a lot of really good um, quotes from that I wanted to take from yeah. old newspapers from the BS historian, which is a like a blog guy that just like does kind of what we do. Yeah, nice. <laughs> um, kind of like um, we talk about Skeptoid a lot. Yeah. Um, and then Morbid Curiosity website, and then there was an article on Wisley as well that um, talked a little bit about stuff. And um, it took me a while to find all the pieces. Okay. Because I will give a little bit more context later, but this is one of the most like well recorded vampire instances in like our known history okay um and i couldn't actually find the specific piece that exists out there yeah but i could find a lot of articles that had pieces of it it. yeah so that i kind of had to piece it together that way i think it's probably not public domain so yeah it's something that i wouldn't have access to um Unless I paid probably a very hefty sum. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, let's, uh, you know, let's take a little journey. Hmm. You know? All right. The spring-ish, like early spring of 1725, uh, in what we now know as Serbia. Okay. Were the birds chirping? Uh, probably not, because it was early spring. And Serbia. There are oh. no birds in Serbia? Well, no, like I mean, the, it's cold. It's cold I, okay. there. So early spring is still going to be cold. I guess, like, birds cold. still chirp in the winter, but yeah. not, like, how you're... I, I don't know why in my head I was just like, it sets the scene. You know, the birds are chirping in the distance. <laughs> Nikon's trying There's to be nice, and we're like, no. We're like, no. <laughs> no birds, just no birds. death. <laughs> Only cold and sad. Oh, oh no. my god. Anywho, so in 1725, in what we now know as Serbia... There's a strange illness took the lives of several townspeople in a town that has two names based on a couple different factors, and a lot of these words are hard to translate because they're in the Cyrillic alphabet, and that okay. like doesn't transfer very well over in English. Yeah. Um, so Kisilova okay. is what it's called here, Okay. but it also is called... If I can find it, Kisilyevo. Okay. Now and they, they, I think how it's described was that it used the town used to be called Kisilova, and oh, okay. now it's called Kisilyevo. Okay, it's like changed over time. Yeah, yeah. So a strange illness took the lives of many people mm-hmm. in this town. Uh, much to the community's surprise, these mild like maladies you know like forms of illness such as fatigue lethargy 
paleness and body aches were just warning signs. Okay. Uh, what appeared to be the flu, because those are all symptoms of the flu, mm-hmm. turned out to be something much more sinister or potentially not, okay. depending on your beliefs. <laughs> all right. Um, with an unexpected twist, each sufferer died just 24 hours after the onset of the illness. Oh. In just two weeks, nine people followed suit with a strange illness and death. Weird. Okay. Huh. It's an interesting number, I think, too. Nine. Yeah. It's not that mm-hmm. many people. No. But it's enough to be like, hmm. How, do you know how like big the town was? It wasn't like huge. Okay. It was a village. Yeah. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. In 1725. Okay. And there were like f- lots of farmers there, so I would say. So probably smaller. spread out. Yeah. So with little to go off of, the community was very struck with fear mm-hmm. of what this could mean. Um, and a very surprising connection did surface from all nine of these instances. Each person who fell victim to this illness recounted a strange dream that they had the day prior to their death. Okay. Or the day prior to their maladies Mm -hmm. occurring and then their death. Yeah. Um, The dream is sort of as follows. Upon waking in the night, these victims saw a man standing before them in the room. Terrifying. Yes. As he approached them, the people were frozen and stilled with fear. Okay. All at once, he would advance on them and start choking them with his hands um, in their bed. And they would still be laying down. So he'd be choking them in their bed. Uh, Each of them recounts a piercing feeling with his fingers. Mm -hmm. And then they describe that he bent down to then bite and suck the blood from their necks and stomachs. And stomachs? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Of the many people. Yeah. Not like they didn't they didn't have multiple stomachs. No, I know I know, but I just was like yeah. that's such an odd Yeah, I think place it's just like the fleshy parts blood, of your body. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah, this is reminding me a bit of like the vamp- I mean the werewolf people. Yeah. Yeah. So all of the victims say that this dream happened the night before the onset of the illness. Okay. For them. And on their deathbed, just 24 hours later, they begged their loved ones to dig up the body of the recently deceased Peter Blagojevic to be staked and burned. Okay. That's right. They believed that they were visited by a member of their own community, uh-huh. a member that they believed to be a vampire. So they were saying that this was a dream. When they woke up, did they not have bite marks or? Apparently not. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Everyone said dream. Okay. I have a couple debunk discussions towards the end of, like, what I actually think was happening (laughs) with that, um, you know, but we'll get there. But, yeah, no, so far, with these victims, there were no physical evidence of anything happening other than that they felt ill afterwards. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. It's weird that they all had the same experience. Yeah. Though. That's weird. That's it's yeah. a very specific dream. Yeah. That's... All within two weeks and nine people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And them all having died. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Just interesting. 
Um, so the word vampire entered the Oxford English Dictionary. Vampire. Vampire. <laughs> Say it. In 1734. So that's only about nine years after this occurrence. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of vampires obviously pre-existed this date, but yeah. the entry into the Oxford English Dictionary does imply that history could no longer ignore that there was this vampire hysteria happening. um, Because in the 18th century is when vampire hysteria took hold. Yeah. Specifically, of course, in Transylvania. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll come back to Transylvania. Nice. (laughs) Uh, But they kind of couldn't ignore it anymore. Mm -hmm. And literally, like, Eastern Europe was horrified of vampirism Mm -hmm. um like entirely um and the the story of peter blagojevic stands as one of the best recorded cases of true vampirism in history okay um it's in the top two interesting just kind of he's very famous vampire quote unquote yeah (laughs) i was gonna say it sounds like he's very high tier so i've been calling him peter blagojevic um sometimes when you find out about him. I actually heard about him from this other name, other okay. last name, and the different way is plo- with a P, Plogoyovitz. Oh, okay. And that is normally translated that way because historically at this time, the people that were occupying the area, mm-hmm. like this town, um, in this part of Serbia were Austrians. And okay. so it was naturally translated over in the news, um, like in publications yeah. in German. Oh, okay. Um, because there was a lot of like treaties and wars happening in yeah. between the Ottomans and the Austrians at this time. And so at this present moment, um, Austria had occupation of this location. Okay. Um, so... Like, I always saw it with the P last name before okay. this, but then I have been more going to the B name because I think that's a more accurate um, actual depiction of how it would be said if you were saying it in, yeah, like, with respect to the, the like, Cyrillic alphabet. Okay. Um, because Witz isn't, is very German. Yeah. But, like, Vic is more. Yeah. Yeah. So who is Peter? Who is this guy? Well, he was just a local farmer, peasant level. Just a farmer. He was just a guy. He lived in a multi-generational home, which is very common for that time period. Mm-hmm. He lived with his wife, and what, of what I know, he lived with his adult son. Okay. Um, there is hardly anything known about his life, or about him really in particular, mostly mm-hmm. just about his post-life. endeavors yeah quote unquote uh um but he lived in kisilova and with his family there um just one week one week prior to the final of the nine deaths Mm -hmm. peter had been late or one just one week ish it's one to two weeks Mm -hmm. um he had been laid to rest in the local cemetery after a, a relatively uneventful passing okay he died yeah. That's all. No reason that's known about his death. Just he just died. Yeah. Um the discussion about him is literally like only after his death. <laughs> like I there's right. no details. <laughs> um 
um, at least that I could find. So this is what we got. But relatively uneventful, he died and he was buried. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they had some sort of, you know, yeah, burial situation for him. Yeah. But within about two weeks after his death, nine people had died and they had claimed to have been visited by him. Interesting. So many people were affected by him or someone else or something, I guess, yeah. that looked like him. <laughs> I don't okay. know. Um, but all of the events that I'm going to discuss after this point would occur within 10 weeks following his death. Okay. So, very short period of time that this all happened. Yeah. Only a couple months. And that's including those two weeks. Okay. Bummer for his family. Yeah. Imagine being related to the local vampire. God. <laughs> I know. Yikes. Rip. Rip. Yeah. My guess is that if he, um, people were out here calling him a vampire after he died, they probably didn't like him very much before he died either. Yeah, but if you would think that if that was true, there would be some sort of documentation about like what it was about him that people didn't like. Maybe everyone just assumed that everyone would know what it is about him that, that they didn't like. That seems kind of weird, especially because this official that we're going to talk about that recorded this instance, I feel like he would have put that in his report. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so who knows? <laughs> but every person who faced their death within those two weeks um, suffered this like prelude with him in this dream. Um, and again, they described it as a dream that they were choked in the night by Peter and then... As they proceeded through their next day, they woke up weak, they felt ill, and then they eventually died. Did they specifically say it was him rather than just, like, a man? Yes. Okay. Hence the way they were, like, please, on their deathbeds, they were, like, dig that fucker up and let's Mm -hmm. give him a stabby stab. But there were also some reports from people closer to him that also seemed to be visited by him after his death. Oh. So, Peter's widow... Who is unnamed, by the way. Rude. Rude as hell, but his son is too. Rude as hell. Rude. She describes an encounter with him as well. A few nights after his death, his wife was surprised to see him enter their home. Yeah, that would be surprising. Surprising. Uh (laughs) Yeah, it's unclear what time of day this happened, but since the other nine accounts and then the account from his son that also we'll talk about, they all happened at night. I'm assuming this happened at night too. Mm. Um, He just fucking showed up, and he was demanding that she give him his shoes. Okay. Huh. Now, these are, like, traditional shoes that were, like, handmade. So maybe that was, like, something special about it. Something sentimental. Yeah, I don't know. I guess he wasn't buried in them. It's actually the, like, leather shoes that, like, the way they come together, the toes come to, like, a point. Oh, okay, yeah. That's what it is. They're called Ompan... Opanchi. That's okay. what they're called. But he was like, give me my shoes. And she was like, whoa, you're dead. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Apparently she gave them to him. I mean, if, if a random ghost comes up to me and asks me for shoes, I'll give them yeah, the shoes. but then he just <laughs> left. All right. And then she was like, okay, and then she moved away. Same. Because she was like, no thanks. Yeah. I'm good. No thanks, I don't want to see a ghost of my dead husband. Yeah. If even she thought he was a ghost. Yeah. Like, what the hell? So random. 
Also, like, only a few nights after, how traumatizing. Like, she would have... terrifying. I mean, assuming she loved her husband, maybe she was, like, really sad about him dying, and then yeah. he was just like, hey, I need some fucking shoes, and then she was like, okay, here you go. Or maybe she hated him, and she was like, why are you back here? I just got rid of you. Yeah, and then she was like, I guess I have to move away to escape you. Yeah. That's really sad. Who knows? But Either way. This is an account from his wife. Isn't that... It's just, like, very weird. Yeah. But this is told in every iteration. Yeah. He came home. He asked for his shoes. She was freaked out. She gave them to him, and he left. And then she moves away. That's strange. Yes. Mm. Another account comes from his adult son, who is also unnamed. Um, he lived with them. There's a hair in my mouth. It's probably a cat hair. Yep. Okay. This account has a few different iterations um so i'm going to describe the differences when they kind of come up Mm -hmm. um so according to a lot of narratives a bit after the shoe incident (laughs) peter came home to quote visit his son again in the night okay and it's described in the dead of night like midnight yeah he comes home into the house it's not his home anymore i guess and he demanded food like he was hungry okay and his son refused to provide food to him. Maybe he was like, you made my mom mad and you made her move away. You, you're dead. Get out. Yeah. I don't know. Or like, I don't want to give things to a ghost because then the ghost will come back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he refused to provide the food to him. Mm-hmm. It diverges a few ways after this point, but most of the accounts say that he left and returned a few separate times begging for food from his son, and it apparently didn't go well because in all of the accounts, it ends in the brutal murder of his son. Oh. Yes. So... Some days later, it was discovered that the son was dead in the home, surrounded... Everything was covered in blood. Oh. And the only place where there wasn't any more blood was inside of the person's body. Hmm. Hmm. That son of a gun was sucked dry. Yikes. He was massacred. hmm Again, not too many details on how he was killed, but apparently he was, like, torn to shreds. Yikes. Like, he was just, just fucking destroyed. Jesus. And people had been hearing about these ghosts or whatever incidents that had been happening. And then these deaths were happening and these dreams. Yeah. And so hysteria started to rise. Yeah. And people were horrified, especially after this murder. Yeah. I, I, I again, want to emphasize that every account said that the, like whole room was just like covered in blood and he was just massacred but he just like didn't have any blood in in him anymore supposedly i don't know it's just kind of interesting yeah key point there and again this was in 1725 so who knows what the you know yeah it's 1725 (laughs) but the people were enraged and they were like we want public defense help us we're scared so they called to their a pu- public official yeah who essentially was an austrian official who was overseeing this area and this town specifically like his responsibility was this town in mm-hmm. their occupation mm-hmm. um so they called for him 
to exhume the body and to prove that their claims were correct um, by checking if his body showed signs of vampirism. Okay. At this point, like I've kind of been explaining, the social climate was... Serbia, as what we know now, had been passed between Ottoman Empire and the Austrian side, back and forth, back and forth during different treaties. So this area was already in, like, a lot of tumultuous experiences, but it was noted that this town had remained safe and not massacred Okay. at the time. Like, it hadn't been... The town hadn't been devastated by deaths from war. Yeah. Um, but now there's all these deaths happening, so... Um, that's a lot yeah. for these people. Um, especially when, if you're, like, living in fear of, like, being invaded and then this happens, that's, like, the last thing you're thinking about. Yeah. <laughs> um, for spicy vampire context, the village of Kisilevo now uh-huh. um, is roughly 545 kilometers or 338 miles away from what we now know and call Transylvania. Oh, so interesting. I know to people in like Europe, that's not, that's like super far. But to people who are American, that's like a sh- short drive. Yeah. <laughs> that's like not that far. Yeah. That's like, what do you think? Like six hour drive? Yeah, maybe. Give or take? Yeah. Bellingham is about a hundred miles from yeah. here. So like, about an hour. Yeah. Yeah. So, give or take. Yeah, it could be done. To me, that's like a short drive. <laughs> but I know that like people in Europe are always like, it's so far away. <laughs> but like, yeah, I don't know. So it's to me, it's like that's very close by. Yeah. So this is like in the heart of vampire country. So the local authorities from the Austrian occupation um, were already, as, like, a practice, filing reports of re-killing bodies during this time period. Oh. Um, and so there were already reports being filed and news out there in the papers about exhumations happening where um, they would dig up a body, they would stake it, burn it, bury it with garlic, all these things, because the vampire hysteria was already happening Yeah. in this area. So, this wasn't super out of left field, but it still wasn't considered normal to be like, oh, this is definitely a vampire, according to the government, right? So, this Austrian official is named Frombald. Um, He was hesitant... Mm-mm. to embark on this. Um, but the villagers were demanding that he himself, from yeah. Bald, and um, a local priest attend the exhumation as official record keepers. Okay, that um, makes sense. Because they were so scared of due to the murder and deaths that had been happening in the area. Yeah. Also, um, generally, if you're exhuming someone, you should probably have someone official there. Right. <laughs> but I will say at this time, it was already happening that people were just like well let's dig up fucking jeff over here and just like stake him just in case yeah or like oh let's dig up this person and just like put some garlic in their thing just in case yeah so for example the 
Nine Dead, they were doing that to those people because they were scared, oh no, are they going to come back to life after having been potentially bit by a vampire, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, Frumbald wasn't, like, super into this idea. <laughs> he was like, I don't know about this. He's He would be considered a skeptic. <laughs> um, he was like, I don't know, man. I don't think this would look very good for me <laughs> to, like, encourage this. To be believing in vampires. Yeah. And especially because his whole job was to oversee this area on behalf of Austria and their occupation. So he was like, my job's on the line. Like, I can't just, like, go dig up this dude and stake him and be, like, a vampire. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all the articles kept calling him a non-believer, which was really <laughs> funny. Um, but villagers were threatening to evacuate oh. under his rule, so he was like, I, I kind of have to do it yeah. to keep the order here yeah. and to also keep, make himself look good because if people were evacuating under his care, quote-unquote, yeah, that that's would look gonna, really bad. Yeah, that's not <laughs> so going to So he fly. was like, people evacuating under my care or me potentially believing in vampirism and then Masamenos, I'm going to pick vampires. Yeah. So that's what happened. <laughs> uh, he was forced to go along with their hysteria and he did oversee the exhumation. Um, this occurred 10 weeks, like I said, after Peter's burial. Okay. Um, when his body was dug up and it is thanks to his letters and written reports that we have any of the information about all of this. Oh, okay. Which is probably why names are omitted and things like that because he didn't know the community as well as the people would have. Yeah. And so the people reporting on this weren't the people themselves, it was an yeah. official. So that's probably why there isn't a lot of a like ton of really detail. like he didn't yeah. know Peter. Yeah. So he didn't report on who he was as a person. Mhm. But all of the information that we have is from his direct account. Okay. It coming from a skeptic does... That does kind of help. Help it a bit. Yeah. So I don't know. You know, it's just interesting to think about (laughs) the, like, context of that. Here's a quote from an Austrian periodical of the time about... um, what his he was reporting out back to people. Mm-hmm. So here's a little quote. After opening the coffin, they saw that the deceased's body was undecomposed, as if it had been buried a few hours ago, not ten weeks ago. That's alarming. After being pierced with a hawthorn stalk, fresh red blood flowed mm-hmm. from Peter's body, the entry wound, mm-hmm. and his nose and ears. Mm. Also reportedly his eyes and mouth. Okay. We'll come back to that. Then the body was burned while the priest read the prayers. After this act, the mysterious deaths in the village stopped. Interesting. Yeah. And this is from, like, a periodical of that time. Okay. So, much to the villagers in Frumbald's horror, the body was not one that you would expect had been buried ten weeks ago. Yeah. Here are the details of what they saw from his account. His skin showed a, quote, fresh peeling, meaning that he was pink. Yeah. Meaning fresh skin. Um, and that would imply that the normal bodily function of sloughing off your skin and growing new skin was happening still. Yeah. He had a ruddy, lifelike complexion. Mm-hmm. His hair and beard, so hair on his head and his beard, had grown since the day he was um, 
yeah. buried. I almost said born. <laughs> I hope it's grown Hopefully. since the day he's born. <laughs> um, his nails were longer and sharper. Okay. Than when he was buried. And some say that they had, he had completely shed his nails and regrown new ones. How In would the, you? I don't know. How? This is bullshit. <laughs> In these accounts, they say that the old nails, like, lay in the coffin next to him. Did he just have, like, stick-ons? Like, what? <laughs> I don't know. I think it was probably just something else in his coffin, what? and they were like, that's hey, what, fingernails. That's not how nails work. <laughs> that's why they hated him so much. He was the first person to invent acrylics. Yeah. And no one else could be as pretty as him. Yeah. He was slaying, and they were pretty so upset Peter. about it. <laughs> he must be a vampire. He needs to be stopped. <laughs> He was slaying. Yeah, he was literally <laughs> and figuratively. He was literally slaying. <laughs> Slay. Oh, shit. Slay. Anyways. Oh, no. Yeah, so that, I think that's bullshit. Yeah. But I do believe that his nails were longer and sharper. Yeah. Um, we can but, talk about that later. But, you know, whatever. These people. But there weren't. No. They, they said that there were, like, a new, fresh pair of nails, which is ridiculous. I okay. think that he had really short nails, probably, before when, he was buried, yeah. and then he had longer nails when he was discovered. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And the last description is that there was a smear of fresh blood on his lips and mouth, oh. and that his mouth was, like, full of blood. Oh. And that would be, like, from before the stabbing. Yeah. Um, this was, like, yeah. what he looked like, that he had blood on his face, basically. So upon seeing him, they immediately were like, steak, um, yeah, because uh, that's apparently what you're supposed to do. Uh, <laughs> Don't want to make a mistake. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so reportedly at this time, then his mouth, eyes, and nose gushed with, quote, fresh blood, and the wound gushed as well. Um, and most hauntingly, they also all reported that from his lips, a soft groan was... Um, heard when the stake was driven into his chest okay but that's not abnormal for dead no, bodies it's not so we're gonna talk about it okay. later yeah <laughs> but this is what they said they said they heard him groan that's terrifying still, and though. that it is important to note mm-hmm. that scientifically at that time they yes. didn't know that that's possible yeah that it's not act like yeah, it's, it's very common for bodies to make sounds after they're dead. It's yeah. just a part of the process. Um, so to them, that was an extreme form of proof that he groaned when they stabbed him the final time. His final death, it did prove to them that he was a vampire. Yeah, which makes sense. In their context, it does make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, in our context, <laughs> not yeah. so much, but we'll I'll, I'll explain that too mm-hmm. towards the end. Uh, and we are nearing the end of mine. Um, so we're going to talk about some examples, explanations, sort of debunks. Okay, great. <laughs> um, and I'm also going to talk about the dreams. Yeah, because that was, that's weird that they all had the same dream. Yeah. I think my explanation makes, like, a lot, not that it's my explanation, but the explanation <laughs> I have, I feel like that. That's obviously what happened. We'll get there. Okay. (laughs) Um, All of this is to say two things. Mm -hmm. One. Kitty cat. uh, All of this is to say that this bot, like what I'm going to explain about like why they saw these things in his body after he was um, already dead for 10 weeks. Um, Basically, it would have to be perfectly preserved by a very cold and damp climate. Okay. Which 
this is end of winter, beginning of spring in Serbia. So very cold. Very cold. It is a cold and damp climate, a climate where if there was ice and snow on the ground, something underground would be... Frozen. Quite refrigerated. Yeah. You know, naturally. (laughs) Um, That is possible. Okay. For it to have happened that way and that it's just truly like his decomp was slowed yeah a lot it's unlikely but it's possible 10 weeks is kind of a long time yeah yeah but they days. also keep corpses in the morgue in that's true refrigerators mm. for a very long time that's true mm-hmm. and this would be below freezing most likely yeah Okay. Or at least for a portion of those weeks, it would have been below freezing. Yeah. So. It could be. It's possible. And then before I go into these details, I'm going to talk a lot about, like, the stages of decomposition. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know them, um, we're going to be discussing the middle three or the first, like, the second and third stages, yeah. mostly. Okay. Um. Because what explanations people draw forth for why he looked the way he looked when he was disgu- when he was exhumed mm-hmm. um, heavily imply that he was within the stages of bloat and active and um, advanced decay. Okay. Not quite advanced, but like between like getting there. Okay. Um, I'm just gonna say we had to re-record this part. <laughs> <laughs> because it didn't record properly. So I'm I'm pausing a lot because I'm trying to remember, like, did I already say this? And if I already said this, was it in the last version of me recording this or not? <laughs> um, so anyway, anywho, if you don't know about those, you can Google it. There is a very educational image that mm. you can find that's not traumatizing to look at. Yeah. Um, it's a drawing of a hand because there are five stages. And so each finger and section of the hand then describes the different stages of decomposition. If you look up the five stages of decomp, you can most likely find that image pretty easily if you're curious. Um, I will kind of preface what I'm going to describe just with these stages so that everyone listening can kind of understand what I'm talking about. We're going to be again falling around like bloat and the bloat stage of the body is when you puff up because all of the decomposition inside of you and chemical reactions are causing gases to build up which makes you puff up yeah um and you swell and then in active decay it's when the flies start to come to lay the eggs and the larvae start to eat away the soft tissues um between active decay and advanced decay is when all of your softer tissues are eaten away by bugs and then in the advanced decay stage that is when your body no longer has the softer tissues but has some of the like in between tissues left like cartilage which is like neither soft nor hard Mm -hmm. um those things are then eaten away by beetles and other um bugs that have like actual jaws (laughs) okay um and then from there you're left with only dry remains when your bones are left behind. Um, If you think a lot about, like, um, because I have bones that I um, am cleaning. I don't know how else to say that. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, 
when you first started saying it, I thought you meant just like, in I body. have bones in my body. No, no, no. And I was like, yeah, Brooke, we all do. No. Uh, <laughs> I have some bones in my apartment that I'm cleaning. And something that I'm interested in is you can purchase the beetles and you can keep them in like a container and like put things in there. It's very fascinating, but yeah. they will like do it for you. It's really interesting. Um, all of this is to say... These are going to be during those stages of decomposition. I'm going to be talking about some very graphic things. I'm not going to be using a lot of graphic language. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm going to be using mildly graphic language. Yeah. What you would expect from a scientific discussion. However, if you choose to Google any of these things. Do not. Don't. Or (laughs) proceed with caution. I don't have a weak stomach, but there are some things that I found on the internet when I was Googling these things that I may or may not have wanted to see um or at least were like more shocking than i i thought what i was gonna just find on a like google image search yeah um so proceed with caution if you're going to do so i would say don't if you don't want to think about it afterwards because really putting that image in your head will like make you think about it um if you just are curious about the decomp part just look for the hand picture and that's enough for you yeah okay just be careful it especially if you don't have like a age rating on your google search because i don't yeah and um i saw some like corpses Mm. in relative stages of decay yeah that we're still too human-like to forget very yeah. easily, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, those type of things, like, stick with you. And yeah, it oh. was... And they don't blur anything out. Yeah. So, because technically, if you're Googling this, it's very scientific, so they're just showing you the facts, and yeah. the facts are gruesome. So be yeah. careful, is all I'm going to say. So the pink peeled skin. Mm-hmm. They did describe his body having fresh skin emerging and the sloughing of old skin i hate the word the the word sloughing it's true though that's what it is yeah but your skin i hate it (laughs) i hate that word so much i'm so sorry (laughs) but they did describe this yeah and there are two different things i think could attribute to this and there are two different phenomenons that could happen with dead and decomposing bodies The first would be liver mortis, which is different than rigor mortis, which most people know is when your body um, becomes rigid when you die. Yeah. Um, So liver mortis, then, is the phenomenon in which your blood and other liquefied matter pools in certain parts of your body during the putrefaction phase. Okay. Uh, Due to the lack of, like, your heart pumping and your body moving, liquids then, of course, in your death, just... lie still and coagulate in your body um and that of course would happen uh around the center of gravity at which your body is lying yeah so it just settles where yeah it settles where it's gonna settle yeah um this creates a pink burgundy patch on your skin where that liquid has decided to lay you know where it has settled We don't know the state of his death, Peter's Mm -hmm. death. So we don't know if he, when he died, he was laying on his stomach. We don't, we don't know. So in the former recording of this, Holly (laughs) pointed out, like, why would they be looking at that if he's just like laying in the coffin? Like, how would you see that? Yeah. Like, like if. And like, why would it be his head? 
Yeah, like, if he died even face down, like, would it still be, like, would his, and then was buried face up, would it still be settling in his face, you know? And what I pointed out is it was a more common tradition in the past that a body of a family member would remain in the home for a period of time after their death. We also don't know the state of which his death, you know, he could have been laying dead for a period of time and the liver mortis could have set in prior to his burial. Yeah. Um, We don't know. But it, it does lend some context to this view that they saw of like fresh raw pink skin showing like a ruddy pink color showing through um and then like some more whiter patches that would look more like the like not fresh skin yeah um and depending on the time that occurred it can be a lighter pink or a more purpley pink color like a like blood is yeah. the way it is, you know. Uh, so what? from what you're saying, he could have died on his f- stomach. May- maybe he sleeps on his stomach, yeah. face down, or, or on his side even. Um, and the lighter pink phase could have set in and... And already... And already been there, and then they could have laid him on his back um, for his burial. Yeah. So it's it's possible. Okay. It's a phenomenon that could lend to this misconstrued situation. Another one is actually what I mentioned in last week's episode with Holly when I said, "I you can have all the bog bodies because I want the soap bodies. (laughs) Yes. Because I love bog bodies so much, but I also love soap bodies, and one of the more famous ones actually occurred in in Olympia, which is very close to where we are. Um, That's where I'm from. (laughs) So... Saponification mm-hmm. is um, when a body is buried in a cold and damp climate, fatty acids in your body turn to a soap-like substance, which then coats your entire body like wax, and you tend to look kind of like a wax figure. I hate that. Mm-hmm. It's gross. Um, it essentially prevents putrefaction for some time because it's preserving your body in like a casing uh, yeah just covered in bog butter yeah it is actually quite bog buttery mm. yeah Nikon's not <laughs> Nikon did not like that one no <laughs> so this could account for both the presence of peeling and the fact that he was preserved for so long if saponification did happen I don't know if I'm saying that right but if that did happen to him it could be the contributing factor with why he was preserved for that many weeks that would make sense yeah the wax then peeling off of him could have been potentially from the warmer weather coming yeah and the wax sort of starting to come off and yeah you know his regular um his the body then having like its actual process of decomposition starting around the time that he was dug up yeah um and the peeling of the wax could be what they thought was skin that peeling uh, up um 
you know, but that was the pink color underneath could be either from the liver mortis or just from it being not waxy white. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's just like more of a skin tone. I, you're going to laugh at me for mm-hmm. this, but for some reason in my head, I was imagining when you were like, they're encased in wax. I was like, including the clothes. The clothes also get encased in the wax. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what's weird is in my brain, I was picturing it like that too, but yeah. that's definitely not what would have happened at all. No, but I just, in my brain, I was like, ah, yes, the clothes are also covered in body wax. Yeah, that's... that definitely would have been happening like under the clothes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Okay, so that's the description that I think makes most sense for the pink peeled skin. Mm -hmm. For the hair and nail growth, I don't know what the fuck they were talking about as far as the nails having shedded and regrown. That's ridiculous. However. He did not have acrylics. No. He was not slaying girl. He was not slay queen slay. He was not. No. But it is a common misconception that your hair and nails do grow after death. Yeah. Um, that's something that tons of people think is true. What is more likely or actually happening is that your skin and other soft tissues, once they begin post bloat, they start to constrict because a lot of the moisture is settling. Yeah. Um, and being drawn out of your, you know, skin. Like when you look at it, like living human, like our skin is very supple. It's because there's a lot of like moisture, moisture in there and oils. But like these things then go away. And um, due to that, the constricting action pushes out the, the remaining hair in the follicle. Yeah. And like we were talking about with the bog body. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, I don't know about you, but, like, when I pluck my eyebrows... Yeah. ...or whatever... There's like, always... there's always more hair under there than you think. Yeah. <laughs> you oh, know? Yeah. And I'm always shocked how much it is. Yeah. But looking at that bog body at the Tolland man... That makes sense. That is the exact amount of hair that you pull out of your follicle... Yeah. ...when you pluck your fucking eyebrows. hmm Yeah. It's, it's that just tiny like that little stubble. stubble. Yeah. yeah. So... That would account for the hair. And, of course, the same thing happens with your nails. Yeah. Underneath your fingers, where your nail bed stops, your nail continues. We just can't see that portion. Yeah. Um, so when... Yeah, Nikon didn't like that. But I don't I don't either, to be honest. It's kind of gross. Um, so what people maybe thought were longer, sharper nails or growing nails was actually just a deeper nail bed that extended further up the fingers. Yeah. Which would create a more, like, animalistic and, like... Longer looking. Honestly, like, pointier looking nail. Yeah. Because your nail bed would, like... It it extends... So so much farther down. Not straight back, like, parallel, but, like, more curved. It gets pointier at the top. Yeah. So that would account, of course, for what people thought was his hair and nails growing after his death. Which I think makes... Total yeah. sense and is absolutely the like description of that. Oh, for sure. Especially because their nail description was completely ridiculous. Yeah, these people are just fucking psycho. I love that for them, though. Yeah. <laughs> Stereo's pretty lit. Yeah. Yeah, you know. So the cry at the stake. And that is what is often called back in old periodicals about vi- vampire hysteria is the cry at the stake. Yeah. When you stake a vampire post-death, you know, when you exhume them, that they cry out or that they moan or groan or whatever. So 
During the period of putrefaction and the bloat stage, air and gases build up inside of your body, like I mentioned. Um, so the specific part of your body that expels air when pushed on, mm-hmm. um, it's very common in morgues that a body will just go, Ugh. Ugh, I it's hate very that. very common. They'll also sit up. Uh, I hate hate that. I know. I've heard about that, mm -hmm. and I'm like, I could never work in a morgue. It would freak me out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) See, I want to go to a morgue so bad. I mean, I would go to one. I don't want to work in one. I think I could totally be. (laughs) I think I could totally do it. I know. You could. Mortician Brooke. (laughs) Yeah. It would be so cool. Um, So it's actually your thoracic cavity that's holding all of that air. Um, Normally, during active and advanced decay, that would be slowly released as your tissues are being eaten away. But it would very easily be sped up by penetrating the cavity and thus releasing the air both through the wound, but then also through the only easy access open source, which would be your throat. Um, Hence the like uh, sound coming out of your mouth through the push of air. And that push of air, of course, would go through your vocal cords and could cause some sort of cry sound to come out. Yeah. Very scientific, very understandable. Obviously, that describes what it would happen. Yeah, and obviously that would be absolutely terrifying to witness. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so there is one more before I start talking about the dreams. The I would highly recommend you don't Google this. Okay. If you don't like this description by words. Excellent. So there's something called purge liquid that happens when you are in decomposition. Purge liquid is essentially all of the liquefied matter in your body, especially anything connected to your digestive tract, Mm -hmm. but also a lot of blood. Mm -hmm. It all coagulates and mingles and creates something called purge liquid or purge fluid. And it is very common after death for this to gush out naturally through the only orifices that are actively open in your body. Yeah. Which would be your eyes, ears, nose, and mouth. Okay. So if you are looking at pictures of corpses, which I unfortunately did. Oh, no. Brooke. (laughs) It's, it looks like blood is coming out of your eyes, nose, and mouth. Yeah. That's what it looks like. Because it's the liquids mixed with blood and... Yeah. And the, you know... Everything else. Blood touching oxygen. It gets that kind of reddish hue due to the iron. Yeah. So, what people thought was blood in his mouth and coming out of his eyes, ears, nose when they stabbed him and then also coming out of that wound was most likely what is known as purge fluid. Yeah. It is It is definitely purge fluid. <laughs> yeah. Um, if he was refrigerated in the ground, it would make sense that it would still be liquid enough at some point, especially if he was coated in wax. Yeah. And it had not been able to escape naturally um, through active decay. Uh that what they saw was a combination of blood, poop, stomach gases, stomach liquids, pee, everything that you could possibly have inside of you. Gross. 
mixed together and then pouring out of your body. Mm. So, um, I didn't find, I just want to, a little bit of like a, like a honey roast on myself. Okay. This suggestion didn't come up in any of the research that I found. Oh, Brooke. (laughs) This was something that I thought of when I heard the description from the, um, firsthand account. Of course. Um, because I thought of John Wayne Gacy. Oh, no. (laughs) And I thought of the boy that he kept in his closet when his wife had moved out and he was about 25 plus into his 33 murder kill spree. He wasn't a spree killer, but you know what I mean. Um, It is described in that case. He says it himself, actually, in the documentary. It's on Netflix. um, That he would stuff the underwear of his victims down their throats to stop the purge fluid from dripping out because he would often keep the bodies a little bit after, like before he buried them in his um, crawl space. And later in his um, yard and then in the in the river when he dumped them in the river. Yeah. Um, so I thought of this and I was like, hmm, in that John Wayne Gacy case, what was that stuff called that was coming out of the kid? Because the kid was propped up in his closet and it was dripping and it actually stained the carpet. Yeah. And that's how he got the idea to start stuffing the underwear down their throats. And so I Googled it, and that's actually how I ended up finding out that purge fluid is a thing. And then I Googled purge fluid, and then I found things I didn't want to see. So don't Google that if any of this description was disturbing to you. Yeah, I will not be Googling it personally. Same. It was... It was not. It was not a positive experience. But it would account for that they described that he had blood in his mouth, which would be like, oh, he's a vampire. He's been eating people. He's got blood on his face. Yeah. That would account for why they thought he had blood in his mouth. It was actually just blood and other things. Yeah. It was blood. Just his. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm just going to, like digress away from that and we're going to talk about two more exciting things so other little debunks the dreams were 100% sleep paralysis yeah it's I mean it sounds like sleep paralysis it's just weird that they all had the same one I'm sure that this was during the time of vampire hysteria they knew that this local man had died. Yeah. This stuff was happening with his wife. This stuff was happening with his son. Who knows for sure? But I'm sure they were having a sleep paralysis experience. Yeah. And they thought it was a man. And then they just all decided that it was Peter due to the coincidental events happening at the same time well and then as soon as one person in the community says it then if you if someone else also has sleep paralysis then yeah exactly i mean it's it's what about them all dying though yeah yeah so it's possible it was just some sort of epidemic that passed through and only some people were killed by it but other people could have possibly been sick by it um there isn't obviously like recorded 
in history that there was any form of like really like violent flu happening, but it's possible. So, you know, when you're sick too, you also do your body's in distress, so you can be more susceptible to having sleep paralysis problems. Okay. So that's that's the debunk for that. I think it's more fun to just say that there was a vampire. Yeah. It's I also, mean, you know, because the only other thing would be that there was some sort of serial killer or spree killer happening. Yeah. That, I mean, it, that almost makes more sense to me that there was like a serial killer and then also this guy, they dug this guy up and there was all those things. But yeah. So, I think it's probably a combination of all of these things coming together, and just, like, their lack of... It's not even really knowledge, because they just didn't have the technology for it yet. Yeah. You know? I think that all of those things... Combined. (laughs) Combined created this. Peter Blagojevic is a vampire. Yeah. And he will forever be... Vampire. A vampire in history. That's wild. Which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Please don't Google any of those things. Mom, please do not Google any of those <laughs> things. <laughs> yeah. She would, too. She, I don't know. <laughs> she can't handle, like, human blood. My mom can handle any amount of gruesome gruesome things with animals because my mom, like, should have become a vet for sure. But as soon as my mom sees human blood, she faints. It's hilarious. She oh, fainted no. at, my, like, many of my doctor's appointments as a child. Oh. Like, the one where I got the oh, spider yeah. bite lanced yeah, yeah, on my yeah. face. And she just fainted and the doctor was like, nurse! <laughs> I was thinking about what I was going to put in my cabinet this week. Nice. Yeah. We're and recording, I decided, by the way. I know. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I, I knew you started recording. That's why I started talking about it. I know. Um, I think that it's just just a steak, a wooden steak. Just a single steak. Yeah. Clean or bloody? Uh, purge fluid on it. Okay. Mm. <laughs> I just feel like it has to be in this situation because that's definitely what gushed out of him when they stabbed him. Yeah, that's disgusting. Yeah, it's awful. But <laughs> I love it. I, you know, I toyed with the idea of some garlic. Oh, yeah, that would be good, too. But that's just a pantry. Yeah, well, and it it wasn't, like, garlic wasn't the main focus of this one, so. No. You know. After they um, exhumed him, though, they did burn his body. Oh, do you think when they burned the bodies, they put gar- cloves of garlic in the fire with the bodies? Do you think it would smell good? Yeah. I mean, no. <laughs> but they definitely probably put the garlic with it. Interesting. I can't, I can't imagine that that would smell very good. No, I mean, I'm sure it smelled awful. Yeah. But. Human hair smells terrible when you burn it. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. Do you ever think about, like, when people grill in the summer? And, like, especially, like, where we grew up, which was, like, farmland. That, like... Do the farm animals smell it and are, like, that's disgusting. Yeah. That's my fellow brethren Yeah, like, do you think they know that that smell is the smell of, like, their brethren? I really hope not. I really hope they don't know. It's the kind of stuff I think about at night when I can't sleep. Mm. Anyways, you're going to have a steak in yours. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. A a steak or a steak? (laughs) A wooden steak. 
a T-bone that's that's made out of wood. <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, I'll I'll put a wooden stake in my cabinet this week. Excellent. Thanks for joining us on our first split actual separate actual episodes. split episodes. Yeah, and um, thanks Nikon. Yeah, thank you Nikon, and thank you Trainer for the intro outro, and also. Um, if you enjoyed everything that we were talking about, you probably didn't enjoy the purge fluid. Nobody but if did. you enjoyed the general story, please uh, rate, review, and subscribe to our mm-hmm. podcast on whatever platform you're using. Send us some mail. Yeah. In the Gmail. At uh, the macabcast pod at gmail.com. Nice. <laughs> and our Instagram has the same handle where you'll find photos that are not graphic from my episode. Um, that is the macabcast pod. Mm-hmm. Please contact us. And also, uh, what's in your cabinet? Good night. <laughs>